Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there and welcome to Spark of Rebellion. This is your weekly Star Wars show, giving you the latest rundown on everything from a galaxy far, far away. We hope you all had a, a good and safe week since the last show. I am Gary, one of your co-hosts on Spark of Rebellion, and joining me as always is the guy that I've not spoken to for two weeks, because we've been off doing our own thing. Kind of get sick of him after a while, I'll be honest. Like every time we record, it's like, Gaz, do this, do this, do this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm down, calm down. It's all good. We're running a Star Wars podcast, dude. It's all good. So now he's back. We're back together. I'm looking at him on Zoom right now. And uh, I can just see I'm going to get a right-hander when we do finally meet up this year. So. No, no, no. No, no, no. So, back in the Falcon, co-piloting as always, Mr. Mark. How are you doing, buddy? There'll be a left-hander. I want to trick you. The old one, too. I'm going to come at you with the right hand and do the little cheeky face slap. Do one of those. <laughs> you know? Hey, it's good to have you back. It was your birthday yesterday, so for everyone listening, um, help us in wishing Gary uh, a very happy birthday. And uh, we're going to do it in true, inimitable Star Wars style by cutting off one of your limbs. So happy birthday, mate. Nice. Give Thank us your you. hand. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Yeah, 40 years I'm glad young. You're back. Yeah. As I say, as I like to say, anyway. Both in our 30s. Um, both in our forties soon, which is kind of weird. Do you know what you need to do? Take that redundancy, record your own single, juxtaposition records, do a tour. <laughs> do a do tour. yourself a tour, man. Yeah, do all the college campuses, man. Be wicked. <laughs> Get yourself a lookalike. <laughs> a looky like. <laughs> so I don't have to do any more of these. Yeah, you know, nah, you're nowhere near enough famous <laughs> yeah. for that. <laughs> Oh, well, welcome back too, dude. Happy birthday for yesterday. Thank you very much, man. It's my wedding anniversary as well today, so a big old weekend for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, happy wedding anniversary. How many years is it? It's been 11 years to the day. To the, yeah, that's how anniversaries work. That's how they work, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, congrats, man, and congrats <laughs> to Nat as well. That's uh, She's put up with your crap for such a long time. I was going to say, man, it's uh, 11 years. is t- like, she's like, from her point of view, she's like, after 11 years, there's just a, an idiot wandering around my house who just asks me if I want a cup of tea now and then. And from my point of view, I'm like, this is amazing. Like, how, how do I keep this gig going? Like, another year. So that's marriage for you. That's and I marriage. always uh, like to uh, make the little joke that, because she got married in 2009, she obviously just married you because it was a recession. She's thinking, oh, crap, got to edge my bets. Got to make sure that I'm with a, a, de- a decent guy. I need to look after him financially. He's going to look after me financially. We've got our backs covered. So basically, dude, she just recession-proofed your ass. She did, so man. So congrats. She was thinking long game. Fair play. Yeah. Yeah. She's uh, she's all about the property markets, bro. That's what it's about. Yeah, mates. She didn't like- realise any of this geek stuff. She's like... <laughs> I'm just in it for the property market. Yeah, yeah. Her mates were like, oh, this is all lovely, isn't it? And she's like, yeah, but, you know, I think long game. <laughs> well, congrats. I hope you're doing something special today, um, which um, is, of course, you know, within two metres um, max of other people. And, not just uh, during lockdown. Always two metres, mate. Always two metres. We're not crazy. I mean, what can you do? It's, Sam and I were on about this earlier because we've got nothing on today apart from recording this and I've got to get in the loft. And uh, other than that, we're like, what are we going to do? You can't do anything, can you? So what are you going to do? Well, especially those weekends where you literally have got nothing to do. Like the last, I was planning on doing some some gardening today. Not just because I'm 40 now, but I was planning on doing some gardening. But it's now, it's it's teeming with rain. So that's that plan kiboshed. So what do you do now? It's just like, well, I don't know. We'll go in this room. I haven't been in this one for a little while. Yeah, just going to go stand there for a little bit, look out this window, check the angle on the garden from this side. And it's that, like, because of these lockdown, 
So like, sorry to you, the listener, but Gaz and I are just having like a two week catch up because we're not seeing each other. But <laughs> like, because of his lockdown, Boris is like, you can go outside in the garden and you must remain socially distant. And then the weather's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to rain on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, the weather's like, <laughs> I got this. I got this. Don't worry. So I missed you um, for the last couple of weeks, bud, but I really enjoyed your episode two weeks ago, episode 57. It's very, very cool. I really liked your deep dive into uh, what Star Wars means to you and how you got into it and, and all that stuff. It was a great listen, dude. Very good. Thanks, man. And likewise for yours last week, I listened to like the first 10 minutes of it while I was driving the other day and I'm like, oh, I need to get back in the car to listen further. Um, I, I don't. What's your habit when it comes to listening to podcasts? Are you like... When do you listen to them? Because I only listen to when I'm driving, but now I'm not driving. So that, this is like a habit now. I listen to 10 minutes and then it might be a week until I get the next 10 minutes. I, what what do you do? Do you listen to them while you're working? Because I can't do that. No, I can't. No, I'm exactly the same. So I've, I've tried that before. I've stuck a podcast on in the background. And ultimately what happens is I end up just going back 10 minutes all the time. So like an hour mm. long podcast takes me like three hours to listen to. Because I just, I don't know what it is like music and stuff, you know, fine. And I normally listen to soundtracks and stuff while I'm working, but podcasts, I just can't do it, mate. So I normally listen listen to them while I'm in the bath. A bit sexy. Not going to go there, depending on what podcast we're listening to. But, you know, uh, yeah, in a bath or going for a walk or driving or um, doing the ironing. That's a good one. If I'm ironing, I have a podcast on. Oh, you're a domestic goddess. Don't, don't muck about, mate. <laughs> I've got to, uh, got to make sure the uh, the house is all tip top for the missus in the long game. Otherwise, she's going to be like, nah, the long game's not working anymore. She'll not want to recession proof herself with you. Yeah. She'll start looking to recession proof elsewhere. And exactly. that, that becomes awkward because you're like, wait a second, this is brilliant. How am I getting more time to play on Xbox? And then suddenly, rug pulled out from under your bookcase is gone. Half your pop Funkos have gone and the garage has been split down the middle. Just awkward, mate. Always awkward, that stuff. <laughs> or totes orcs. Totes orcs, mate. <laughs> so that's when you've got to split the kid. You're like, okay, you can have his hair. Uh, you can have his left arm. Well, I bought him that t-shirt, right so that's coming. Yeah. That always amazes me with that. Like, so, like I've got friends who have got kids who are divorced, and it's like, it's hilarious. They're like, get to that point where they buy clothes for the kids, and like, well, you're not taking that, because that'll never come back. That's staying here. <laughs> <laughs> but the kid will never wear the kid will never wear it. Exactly. Like yeah. just, oh man, life is weird. This is just a catch up. Like screw the podcast, mate. We're just having a catch up for like forty five minutes. Indeed. Yeah. Let, actually, yeah. Let's uh, let's let's cap off the catch up because our listeners will be like uh, <laughs> Star Wars guys. You know the thing that we came here for. All the people listening, like Pascal and everyone that supports the show as well, they're like, what? What am I actually supporting here? <laughs> what am like, I doing? What is this crap? What decisions in life have led me? to support in this whack-ass show right whack now. Whack-ass show. <laughs> Anyways, before we crack on with episode 59, the proper episode 59, remember to subscribe to the show. On whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast, on just do a search for Spark of Rebellion. You'll find us on there, or head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. Plenty of links over there uh, to all of the major podcast networks and apps, which is generated by our awesome hosts, these guys over at Captivate.fm. If you're looking to start up a podcast or switch your podcast to a decent host, if you've been fed up for a couple of years, then check those guys out. Very, very, very cool. Very, very cool indeed. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Hit us up on there. We've got a nice little community around there. Chat Star Wars during the week. And um, if you want to support the show, if you like our 10-minute waffles and catch-ups with nothing to do with Star Wars and a little bit about Star Wars, then head over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion. There are various tiers there. You can bag yourself some SOR swag and jump onto various tiers to get some decent things like executive producer credits and all that stuff. So go and check it out. And everything that we earn over on Patreon goes back into the show and uh, make sure we've got all the most up-to-date equipment and hosting and all of that stuff so we can give you the best show that we can every week. And thank you so much to our current patrons as well. We love you guys. Thanks so much for the ongoing support. Very much appreciated. So we're going to dive into some news, as always, bud. 
first one is uh, a really important subject, and I know it's something that uh, has been important for, for for both of us actually over the last couple of weeks, uh, which is the, um, the 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 stuff that's been happening over in the US um, around the whole uh, uh, George Floyd uh, thing and the Black Lives Matter, all that stuff, and. Uh, one of our uh, buddies from the Star Wars universe, John Boyega, has kind of stepped out and and been very vocal uh, about it uh, over the last week or so. And um, I was wondering whether he was going to do this. I, I kind of suspected he would because he's been very vocal about it on his uh, Twitter and socials and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, he went uh, out in one of the, the, the Black Lives Matter um, protests over in London and uh, basically gave a very, very cool, very, very uh, passionate speech uh, uh, about uh, race and uh, how it's affecting the world and everybody and how important it is that it's very transparent and everything. And uh, it was a really, really good speech. So uh, uh, one of the things that uh, a lot of Star Wars blogs and everybody picked up on was the fact that uh, at some point in his speech, he did say something along the lines of he wasn't sure if he was going to have a career after this speech but he was like effort you know i'm going to do it so massive props to uh to john for for just sticking his neck out essentially and doing that so it's all it's always a bit crazy with um with celebrities and when they try and put their name to something because typically in the past you have celebrities that put their name to something but it doesn't quite pan out and they don't really want to you know affect their career and their status and everything and they kind of shy away from things a little bit but he was like no 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 you know this has to be said has to be listened to and just uh and just cracked on with it and then following up from that we had a couple of really nice tweets from lucasfilm and uh the star wars twitter accounts basically saying look don't worry dude we've got your back you know we stand by you with everything so uh this was really really nice to see dude and uh yeah massive props to john to getting out there and and putting his voice out there yeah, man, it's, it's nice to see someone standing up for that. And I think John Boyer is pretty divisive in how he sometimes uh, approaches the fandom, which is certainly not a bad thing. I think toxic fandom is is something that, um, you know, it's one tiny portion of, of people generally thinking they can get away with whatever they want just because they know about something. And it's, it's like that's one tiny portion of, um, a larger internet problem overall. And I think when you start to see people like John Boyega kind of standing up for that and saying, do you know what? This is absolute rubbish. This is this is Star Wars. You know, and he, he's talked about it before in the past and he's really kind of hammered back at trolls. Whereas like you said, other celebs wouldn't. So I think when, when it's just, when it's completely, um, what's the word I'm looking for? When it is completely just scaled up to something that really does matter. Like it's, this is not some knobhead internet troll that's just some keyboard warrior thinking um, I'm going to have a go at someone online because I didn't like Star Wars. You know, this is a, a, an actual historical worldwide problem that I think, like you said, too often celebrities can sometimes shy away from because they are a little afraid of that. But then I think at the same time now, I think this has become such a, it's sort of the perfect storm of, of timing for things. You've got the whole COVID situation. Then you've got the situation with the poor guy, George Floyd. And it's like, he can't, you know, you can't not say something when you've got someone like a Donald Trump, you've got someone um, kind of being quite incendiary about everything in the world right now that's leading essentially the free world. And it just, you know, this for me feels like a culmination of not only the last four years, but obviously the last two, three, four hundred years. Um, but it's, it's just now the perfect storm of COVID. Um, we have platforms because the internet is so fast and you know, people, people don't have to not stand up for things. And it, it is nice to see an actor like John Boyega doing this. And I, you know, it's amazing that Lucasfilm has stood by him and Mark Hamill has come out and, and supported him as well. And I think one of the, the things always that I find frustrating, I find it difficult and you'll probably find this as well, is that like, it's easy to ignore a lot of this sort of stuff just because it's not affecting us right now, day to day. And it would be easy to do that forever. But that's like, you wouldn't do that if you knew like the kid next door, but one was getting bullied. You wouldn't, you know, you'd go and have a word with the parents or you'd, you'd try and figure out a way to do it just because it's not healthy. It's not affecting you every day. You would, you would still try and do something about it. So I think these kind of, you know, black ethnic minority kind of mistreatment issues, these are not things that can be just ignored by anyone. 
Um, and it's sort of become a social responsibility for people. But I think the challenge is you get so many celebs and so many other people around that kind of, it's not cultural appropriation, but they certainly try and appropriate it to make their own social feeds look good. Um, and it is total crap. So I think that's a real, like it's, in, it's almost like, you know, if you think about the last four months, you, 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 you see which brands were acting like tools during lockdown and like the Weatherspoons guys acting like tools. There's a local farm near me in Barnsley that laid everyone off on zero hours contracts, put the prices up, but then everyone locally loves them because they don't see any of this stuff. They're tools. So after it, after lockdown's finished, you'll be like, well, these guys are tools. I ain't going back. And then it's the same with this, like two months later, what people are just acting like tools, like who is not standing up for this sort of thing. Um, so it's a pivotal moment in history, man. I think it's, it's vitally important looking objectively from the outside. It's fascinating to see it. And I don't think anyone really can, can, can not do something about it. You know, even if it's just you and me talking about it now, like we've got, you know, 120, 130 listeners that tune in every week. Like we've kind of got this responsibility to just mention it and say, look, do a little bit better, you know, and we've got to do the same. So it's tough, isn't it, man? Because you, I yeah. don't know, it's tough. No, it's, yeah, it is tough, dude. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, yeah. And it, it, everybody just needs to, uh, to just realize what's happening, I suppose. And, and use, if you have any kind of, uh, any, any kind of means to, to, uh, to improve the situation in whatever little way you can, it's, I think it's in, it's important. It's um, it's it's personal to me as well. My um, my wife is a person of color. She's mixed race, and our son is is mixed. And uh, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where over the years, you know, we've experienced like the odd little 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 bout of of racism and stuff. And uh, my wife's just so cool with it, though, dude. She's just she's she's always been very sort of silent and strong about it, and she doesn't let it. She you know she's never let it uh, sort of affect her. I think in her younger years, she you know she had a a few a few moments but in in her adult life you know she's always just she's such a strong character she just doesn't let it back but but this one has just hit home a little bit more though this this whole situation and how it's escalated and stuff it's it just feels more personal this time around just because more people are are yeah like you said just sort of observing what's going on but also thinking you know how do we how how do i as a either as a person of color or a white person or whatever it might be how do i make a change essentially how do we how do we get the world out of this kind of i don't know it, it just feels crazy to me that in 2020 we're still having these uh, situations you know it, it, it's nuts so uh, you know I, I think it's down to everyone especially people like us who have a bit of a platform bit of a voice even if it's only i say only even if it's only a few hundred people each week or our other podcasts that we do and stuff like that where there's you know loads more people and stuff let's you know let's get people thinking about it and how they can make a, a bit of a change to improve awareness, I suppose, and, and how we deal with that stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's an important subject, dude. And I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it. And, and yeah, going back to John and, you know, just, he didn't have to do this, man. He, as a celebrity, he didn't have to get out there amongst the people, you know, with a, with a megaphone and start doing that. Like a lot of other celebrities, I'm not throwing shade at anybody, but he could have easily done that from the safety of his Twitter account or his Instagram account, which I know he's been doing anyway. But he just, uh, yeah, he put himself amongst it. So, so fair play to John. That's uh, that's very cool. And I know he listens. Is, I know he listens. So fair play. Of course, to he does. Yeah, he does definitely, definitely, definitely does. No, yeah, thanks for doing that, man. And I think, like you said, getting out and doing that from not from his sofa. Um, I think that it, it speaks to the kind of character that he is. Um, and it just, it, because it affects people every single day, you know, it's, it, I think he's certainly one of the people that understands that when you have a platform like this, you know, going that extra mile and going out and showing your face on the streets with other people that would be, you know, surprised probably to see someone of that, uh, of that celebrity status, you know, just amongst the quote unquote, regular people of the world, you know, that I think for someone like John Berger to do that, I think he understands and, and it certainly comes across that he understands that that can be an inspiring thing. Like just to do that, even if you do it for a day, like that is enough to inspire other people 
rather than something on Twitter that feels a little bit more anonymous. And I think, you know, it's the, it's the whole range of things that, that people do, you know, the not taking away from the fact that you need to be doing this on Twitter and social and any platform that you've got an audience on. But just it feels like John Boyega understands that him going out there is him being able to do something that a lot of other people can't do, which is to actually inspire a lot of people to do more. Um, you know, we've seen this kind of around the world as well with, with other people kind of stepping up and doing this. And there's been a lot of celebrities like Dwayne Johnson calling out Trump. Um, it, it just feels like a tipping point. So yeah, you know, thanks to John Boyega, thanks to everyone else that has, that has done that. And I think as an individual, you know, you've, you've got to just look around locally at what's happening. You just, if you see something small, I, I was kind of, I put a podcast episode out yesterday on my own show podcast accelerator show saying look there are more things to learn about than podcasting this week so don't listen to me and it was kind of it made me reflect on like the history and it was like these tiny little instances of people just being racist morons that you wouldn't ordinarily piece together because you're some some white guy in the north of england you wouldn't think that, that wait a minute that's not racism but when you look back at it it actually is mm-hmm. So I think like there's a lot of self-reflection that everyone can do. And I think people like John Boyega standing up for this. Um, it's that kind of thing that helps people to really have that ability to self-reflect because they see him doing it and think, well, wait a sec, maybe I'd never considered this as something that I could help with. But someone like John Boyega that is in these movies, in these IPs that I really, really love, he's relating to me in a different way because actually he's got my ears pricked a little bit. Now I'm going to think about it a little bit more. Um, so I'm really inspired by that. The fact that he, like you said, dude, um, you know, thank you, John Boyega for going out, physically going out and taking a megaphone and doing that. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of respect for that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was good to see the follow up from Lucasfilm and Disney as well saying, you, know, you do your thing, dude, we've got, we've, it's not going to affect because he was worried about it. I can, you can tell. You can tell he was worried about how it, how it would affect his career and stuff like that. But some things are bigger than that, you know. Some things are bigger than your career and Star Wars and stuff. So, and to be clear, they, you know, Lucasfilm and, and and even Mark Hamill and that they didn't need to do that. No, no. like Lucasfilm could have put a generic statement out. They could have just not put a statement out. I mean, the number of companies putting statements out versus those that aren't is is vastly disproportionate yeah a lot of companies are doing this and they're really kind of trying to make a difference with it but there are so many that aren't and lucasfilm could have just chosen to not be a company that puts a statement out but to put a statement out that supports proactively supports john i think that is i think that's a wonderful thing to do and again it inspires people like you and me to feel all right talking about it for 15 minutes on a star wars podcast (laughs) because it's not you know it is it is star wars related because like I said, go right back to the beginning of the chat. You know, if if the company that makes Star Wars doesn't stand up for this, how can you look at them the same after this is kind of, when it's not in the public eye as much? Because inevitably, sadly, it won't be in the public eye as much in six months' time, which is a, a crying shame. But you need to be able to look at the companies that have stood up. And if Lucasfilm are one of those, you know, we can we can get behind that company and hopefully they can start to follow through with other things, you know, charitable initiatives and scholarships and foundations and whatever else they can do. So it all ties together, man. I think it's a fantastic thing that, that John Boyega has done and that obviously Lucasfilm has done as well. Yeah, exactly that, dude. And agree, agree 100%. <clears throat> okay, moving on to some other news around some casting for some live action characters that we've not seen thus far in the Star Wars universe. We, you and I are big fans of one of these characters. So how do you feel, dude, about potentially Admiral Thrawn being cast live action for an upcoming Star Wars project? Uh, as always with these things, it's a little bit loose, a little bit loose and jangly. It's like, oh, yeah, this name's been floating around a little bit. Oh, it must be a real thing, but it's not. It's uh, Nothing's been confirmed from from Lucasfilm or anything, but yeah, that's the thing that's kind of doing the rounds at the minute. It's picked up a lot of traction over the last week that Thrawn has, is looking to be uh, introduced into uh, in, into the live action stuff. Now, a lot of people are saying this could be a Mandalorian thing. There's also another separate line of rumours that say that he could be getting his own show completely, so an Admiral Thrawn series. So that's the first one, dude. What do you reckon on Thrawn? You know exactly how I'd feel about this. Oh yeah, I'm all over this. Between lines, so shouldn't have to. 
actually. Um, so yeah, dude, this would be badass. Um, so I'll separate the answer into two bits. One, if it was true. And two, like, is it true? <laughs> so <laughs> is it true? Let's do that first. Well, you've got Bokas and Cry has been um, played by Katie Sackoff. You've got still unconfirmed, officially, Rosario Dawson playing Ahsoka. And absolutely, you have got Tamura Morrison playing Captain Rex. No doubt. And what fascinates me with this is that there's they're pulling on the Clone Wars threads. It's... It's sort of like, yeah, we're done with the Skywalker saga, but oh look over here, like it's all, it's. Do you know what I mean? It's like we're not really done with it, so because we know, we know. Um, and then obviously, Thrawn ties into Rebels, which all of those players, you know, everyone from Dark Saber wielding um, Bucket and Cry through to Sabine Wren, through to, uh, through to uh, uh, Sokatano and Captain Rex. You know, they're Rebels as well. You know, and it. They're doing something with this. The fact that Ezra Bridger is kind of in there as a bit of a, a, a rumor is curious. Now, ordinarily, I wouldn't give that too much credibility because it's just like if I'm a rumor mill and if I'm wanting clickbait, I'm just like, right, okay, what other properties are there? Let's just make stories up to get clicks because that's what we want to get, you know, CPMs on the advertisement. But the reason I think there's maybe an ounce of credibility to this is that they're doing what they kind of did with Ahsoka a few months ago, which is they're also putting out, I think this is a new news story later, they're putting out a pile of extra things around Rebels. So they're putting out the new Black Series toys around Rebels, which they they weren't doing that. Like that's a new announcement that they're putting out. And it's almost like what they did with Clone Wars, which is like, let's bring Ahsoka back into the minds of people. Let's bring like Maul when they did Solo, I'm fairly sure that Clone Wars Season 7 was signed off at the point that Solo's cameo was filmed. Like, it was a... It's, it's, it's marketing, you know, it's bringing people's um, minds up to date with these characters. So because I think they're throwing some of the Black Series stuff around and the toys, I think there might be an ounce of credibility to this. And I think, personally, when you look at some of the... Like, take the Arrowverse, for example, like, every spin-off show has had a backdoor pilot. So The Flash Season 2... Navarro had a backdoor pilot. You know, Batwoman had a black backdoor pilot. Legends had a backdoor pilot. And there's nothing to say that Thrawn couldn't appear because you've got the cast. You've got Ahsoka. You've got Captain Rex. Do we, are we going to see Harrison Duller? Who knows? But we did see someone from her species before, um, someone from Ryloth. We saw them in the prison episode of The Mandalorian. So, like, they've done it. They've got the effects nailed. It's fine. <clears throat> so I think that there's, there's an opportunity that they're probably exploring to do a bit of a backdoor pilot here. I think we might see Thrawn as um, an ensemble cast character, probably in Mandalorian season three, if I'm honest. And I think it will tease Ahsoka in season two and kind of throw um, Ahsoka back into the psyche of people and then expand out what she's been doing after that. So I think season two would be Ahsoka being used to help progress the story of the child of the Mandalorian. Season three then being let's chuck a few other things in here that means we can develop their individual stories. And the biggest question is, where's Ezra? Where's Thrawn? Where's Ahsoka? Where's Hera Syndulla? Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough, so, dude. Yep. I reckon so. But I, I don't think it's as concrete as it's being made out, though, when it, uh, in, in these articles. I think it's early stages. What about you? Is it is it bump? Is it, is it not? Yeah, I've been thinking about this one a little bit, and uh, I'm not sure because although Thrawn is a really, really good character, Either, although he's a, a great, but when he popped up in Rebels, he was very cool. And obviously, the trilogy of books that have been that we've seen over the last years, and some of the earlier stuff that we saw of him in the EU as well, he's such a, a very rich character. And over the years, various authors have fleshed out his backstory and everything. So I think he's a great character, but something just—I don't know—something tells me that he's not quite up there that warrants his own series. So I think you're right there. I think we're going to see him pop up in the Mandalorian. And I think that also relates to Ezra as well. So the other the other character that you mentioned that's also been rumoured to be cast as a live-action character is Ezra. And I think he's going to be integrated into something else, basically, because the, the other part of that rumour was, is Thrawn going to be cast in his own series? Is Ezra going to have his own series on Disney Plus? So I, I kind of get why people would think that, because like it or not, the portfolio on Disney Plus is quite thin. 
at the moment. So we're kind of, we're sort of relying on the Mandalorian to bring the goods, and that's then the springboard to say, right, this is doing really, really well. Let's obviously uh, get Obi Wan rocking. But then, what do we do after that? We've got to get, we've got to keep those those shows rocking and rolling, because otherwise, you know, we're going to have millions of drop offs from Disney Plus because they're going to be like, okay, Disney, you know, Mandalorian season three is done. Obi-Wan's done. What are we going to do now? So does that, I think there's a, I think they need to integrate these characters in as like a dip the toe in the water, see how they get on. And if people go nuts for it, like, oh my God, like Thrawn's like one of the badass characters, you know, really, really cool. Then they can be like, okay, let's look at getting his own series rocking and rolling. But I think for now, I think there is a little bit of merit to it in terms of that they have been looking at that for live action. But I don't think it. I don't think it extends to having their their like full blown series. Yeah, too much of a risk because you know, like you said, the the, the whole backdoor pilot concept is just to make sure that a character flies and that the, the you know the public response to them is positive enough to warrant something. Um, but it's also to get the the public, the general public, aware of the character. You know, there's there's no surprise that the Mandalorian was the first thing they did because to my mum, who's not a huge Star Wars fan, but she knows and kind of recognises it, that's just Boba Fett. And they're like, but that's Boba Fett. And then they watch it and they're like, no, it's not Boba Fett. Okay, but you've got me anyway because the series is really good. But the, the marketing hook was, that guy looks like Boba Fett. And for you and me, like it, it's, it really is like a bit of a multi-threaded approach, you would assume, because Clone Wars Season 7, logically, hooks people like you and me. Like the Star Wars fans were going to always buy Disney Plus for the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian. Like you said, they have to do something else. Well, number one for us, but then number two for the general public. You know, they're doing the same with Marvel. You know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, She-Hulk potentially. Everything that they're doing there is so that you've got one vertical audience. Okay, we're all Marvel people. What are you doing for us? And then we're the Star Wars people. What are you doing for us? And the <laughs> easiest thing to do is to answer questions that have been left unanswered. And Thrawn and Ezra are the biggest ones right now. I'll tell you what they could do. And I'm just spitballing. But years and years ago, uh, Seth Green and somebody else demoed this really short, uh, where was it? I think it was at Star Wars Celebration years ago, something like that. They dem- he demoed this really, really cool animated series he was working on. I think it was called Star Wars Outings or something like that. Anyway, dude, it looked freaking sweet. If they're looking for things to bring in to sort of appease Star Wars fans until some of the other series come on, go and have a word with Seth. He's, he's, he's such a Lucas head. You know, he's got, that series looked really, really good, man. Really good. It's, it's on YouTube still. YouTube Star, I think, I'm sure it's called Star Wars Outings. It was a, like the style of the animation was like really comic booky, and it was a real, it's just a really humorous and stuff. Yeah. So if they're looking for stuff to draft in, you got it all there, man. For sure. Fill the gap with green. <laughs> Indeedy. So there we go. Live action characters p- potentially coming. Not confirmed. We can neither confirm nor deny the rumors around that. Uh, NASA, dude, they had a big week, had a big old week. Uh, shoving a couple of peeps up into space. That was so flippant. You're like, NASA, had a good week. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like they treat themselves to lunch. Do you know what I mean? Well, he's had a good week. <laughs> totally, totally, just completely not on the same scale as what they did. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah just, I did all right, didn't I? Washed the car. <laughs> yeah, not a bad week for them. The old dudes at NASA. The old thick rim glasses dudes. Are they old geeks like us? They're not geeks like us. They are far more intelligent than we are, guys. Indeed, yeah. So with the help of uh, the guy that's potentially the the worst presenter, uh, Mr. Musk, uh, with the help of his company and the uh, SpaceX program, they put a couple of dudes up in space. Is this part of the... uh, Is this part of the... um, the, the the journey to put people back on the moon is this the first step because are they gonna because i'm pretty sure that there was an amazing video that, that that nasa put out on youtube last year the end of last year i think it was saying that they want to put people back on the moon by 2024 or something and they're mm-hmm. doing that in partnership with other third-party companies like spacex and all those dudes 
So is, is this the first step to test the rockets that they can put man that they can do manned uh, missions and stuff? I think it might be. I think so. Yeah. yeah. They, so it's the it was a crew dragon, wasn't it? They sent it up on a Falcon Nine, yeah. and it, they docked it with the ISS like nineteen hours later. Um, and it was, yeah, I think it is because it's, ironically, I've also been watching Space Force on Netflix, which is kind of a bit mixed. It's all right. But that's all it's the, all right. It is. It's yeah. like, it's a typical Greg Daniels thing though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, season two will probably be outstanding. So I'm hoping it gets commissioned. But it's like, it's, it's what they're saying all the way through. Boots on the moon by 2024. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that's like the genuine thing that they're trying to do. So Space um, Force. Bloody Space Force. Um, I think it is, dude. And it was, yeah, you're right. They launched it from Florida, um, which was, so we, we went, I think I told you before, we went down and we saw the Falcon Heavy when they launched it from the same place. Um, That's cool. So it was the same launch. It was the same setup. But yeah, it was obviously the Crew Dragon. Um, and then it docked with the ISS. And then obviously Falcon 9 came back down and landed on the tiniest of tiny little landing pads in the middle of the sea, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think it was a test of the whole process. Can we get people up? Can we get a rocket back properly after sending the people up? Can we dock? Does the docking work? Because I think the idea as well is at some point, doesn't Musk want to use, I don't know if this is a NASA thing or just a SpaceX Musk thing. Don't they want to use the moon as a staging ground to explore further? So they use that as a launch pad. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've not dreamt that ever. No, no, no. That's completely, yeah. They want to put a little, um, uh, what's the word? I want to put something on the moon, like a station of some sort, terraformed little station or something. Yeah, and then get everyone up on there, get them acclimatized to space for a bit, and then shove them off somewhere else. I don't know what the logistics are for launching a rocket from the moon. Obviously, completely different from Earth. So anyway, we're getting to we're going the other way with this. Anyway, NASA, those dudes who had a good week, they um, they also put this thing on their Facebook page, which. Uh, essentially th- said, uh, look, we're Star Wars fans. That was the, the gist of it. They were saying, look, there's a, uh, they put this satellite image of t- um, Tunisia and they went on this big spiel about uh, this, these are the locations where they filmed the original Star Wars uh, and you hope. And they've, um, they've, they've plotted um, Obi-Wan's house and the cantina and stuff like that. Uh, and they also said that the, the inspiration for naming the, the SpaceX rockets came from Star Wars, obviously the Falcon 9. Um, everyone sort of second-guessed that, I think. I think everyone said, is that, you know, years and years ago when they first announced it, they were like, is that named after the, the Falcon from Star Wars? We're not sure because Falcons just stands up on its own as a cool name anyway. But is it, was it inspired by Star Wars? And they said that, yeah, man, yeah, the Millennium Falcon was the inspiration for the Falcon 9 rockets, which is badass, which is so cool. Uh, badass. Yeah, and then they just... Uh, they, they then went on to explain that, you know, in this area, this was where they filmed the, um, this, this is where you can see the domed building of Obi-Wan. It's still there and all that. And this is where the cantina was, where the, the Falcon blasted off and all that stuff. So it's really cool to see the the official NASA account basically having a bit of a, um, a bit of a, a rant, not a rant, but you know, because uh, this could have been a really short post like, yeah, by the way, this is Tunisia. They filmed Star Wars there, but they went on a bit of a, an article about it. So that's really cool, dude. And it's really cool that, that Star Wars has influenced some real life, cool spaceness stuff. Yeah, it is. It's pretty badass. I mean, last week's launch was insane. We watched it and then, um, we watched it, the, the, the dragon capsule fly by. It did a flyby in, um, 10, 17 PM last Saturday night. Listening to blue, uh, <laughs> listening to a bit of blue, bit of blue for the dads. Um, <laughs> uh, but we did, we saw it fly by. It was awesome. It just zipped past at like mega speed across the horizon. Um, it was really, really cool, man. So we watched the launch then two hours later, zoop, zipped by straight across the horizon. Really freaking cool, man. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's cool. So nice one, NASA. Nice one well for, uh, yeah, well done. You're having a good week, you know, a little bit more to do admittedly, but you're on your way. You're on your way. Doing a good job. Yeah. Maybe if you've got any jobs going, see what the uh, salary is like. Maybe maybe 40k and uh, and a Mondeo. Ooh, Mondeo gear. Ooh, wood chip. Come on. <laughs> Moving on. I should have mentioned this before. Stupid Gary. While I was talking about live action people being cast, uh, the 
leading role from the Jedi Fallen Order video game, Cal Kestis. Cal, what are you saying? You're a bit bored now, dude. You've done your bit in your video game. What's next for the career? You've got that on your CV. Admittedly, that's a big one to start off with. Pretty good. But what's your next step? Some people would say, you're also going to be in a Mandalorian. This is looking a bit crowded, dude, now. Because we've got a lot of rumours saying this guy's going to do it. And uh, I think somebody did say from Lucasfilm that they were looking to introduce some key characters in the future series of The Mandalorian. So potentially three, season three onwards. I don't know if Cal Kestis is a key character or not. I don't think that's what they mean. However, a lot of people have jumped on this one, as usual, and have said that, um, yeah, that the character Kestis will play a role in The Mandalorian. And he would have aged by about 30 years, apparently. So that means, uh, yeah, if they're going to bring the same actor back to play Cal, they're going to have to do some some prosthetic makeup and whatnot, or some CG stuff, I'm not sure. Uh, so what do you reckon to this one, dude? This one, do you know what? This might be a bit of a surprise one, because a lot of people are talking about Thrawn and Ezra and all these big other characters that have been in the mainstay for a while. But this could be a sleeper. This could be a one that pops up and in a couple of years' time we'll think we'll look back and go, ah, we covered this years ago, but we didn't think anything of it. And I just got a feeling about this one. I don't know about this one. It's a tough one because you've kind of got a few challenges with it in that it's 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 a niche within a niche. You know, it's the gaming part of the Star Wars community that would know Calcetsis. But on the flip side of that, it's almost back to the like the episode nine problem where you have an amazing planet in Coruscant that all the geeks know, but instead you invent a new character. Uh, sorry, you invent a new planet. Why bother? So this is almost sort of a... Um, Assuming in Mandalorian Season 3, there is a gap for an older Jedi that escaped Order 66 and has been quietly just whooping people's ass around the galaxy. And in potential storylines involving where the heck were you during the Rebellion? We could have really used you. Oh, that's There's quite an interesting bit of fertile ground there in that if they want to explore those storylines, it becomes rather than a let's not create another Exegol and just create a new character let's use something that we already know about for the geeks because the non-geeks, the people that don't know about it to them, it's just an older Jedi guy. So if that's a storyline they want to go down, which could be quite curious, you know, you've got a soaker and then you've got someone that didn't really do anything for the rebellion. Theoretically, um, there could be an interesting story there. And if they go down that path, it would make sense to just use a character that some of the geeks know rather than, inventing a new character because to the layman to someone just enjoying mando or some other star wars tv show it's just another cool jedi character it doesn't matter but for us it'd be like ooh, look at this he's got his orange lightsaber <laughs> so yeah there's a few things that could be quite interesting on this i mean the, the other challenge is do, do you recast it do you age the kid um what's his name forget his name the kid from gotham that played calcetsis um what's his name forget his name doesn't oh, matter. Dominic. Yeah. Dominic. Um, Summing. Summing. Like my mum. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> I don't know, it, it, it's interesting because the Jedi will obviously play a part in the Mandalorian and other series. If there's a role for an older Jedi that didn't take part necessarily in the rebellion at the forefront and there's a storyline to be told there, yes, Cal Ketis could appear. Indeedy, yeah. Uh, yeah, the guy was uh, Cameron Monaghan. That's it, not Dominic Monaghan. Your favourite. Dominic. Yep. Oh, God, don't get me started. Sorry, Dominic, if you're listening, which I know you are, but you are you do look really dull. Sorry, Dom. He doesn't sorry, mean no, it. He doesn't mean it. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> Mark's looking at me like, no, I do, Gary. Yeah. Let's, well, not, let's not mince the words. I do mean it. Moving on to the extra news. I don't want to get like, <laughs> this is just opinion. It's just opinion. God, let's just go free. Right, moving on. Christ, there's a lot of news for Star Wars these days. Bloody hell. Enough to do a bloody podcast on it, I know that. Uh, <laughs> Force healing, dude. Apparently been a thing way before the rise of Skywalker. Who would have thought it, eh? Wait a minute, what did you say? Force healing? I thought you said force healing. Like, four candles. Four, uh, <laughs> force healing. <laughs> 
<laughs> force force healing. No, you can't say it now, can you? Force healing has been a thing, dude. Apparently. False healing? <laughs> What's that like for me? It's false healing. <laughs> I'm trying to not sound like uh Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins here. Yeah, anytime you put any southern accent on, you're just like, hello, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. False healing. False healing. Yeah, so remember that scene in A New Herp where Luke just got his ass whooped? (laughs) Mary Poppins whooped his little ass. Oh, God. You know, the little jowls are skipping around. Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jim, Cherie. Like the you know that penguins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Luke's just got his ass whooped. And he's lying there. Fake or not, I don't know. He might be asleep, I don't know. Anyway, Obi-Wan turns up and he's like, ah, I see young Luke. Young Luke is, uh, is, is passed out. He reaches down, doesn't he? And he puts his hand on his forehead and his temples and stuff. And then magically, uh, Luke awakens from his unconsciousness and uh, everything's rosy. So a lot of people have jumped on this and have been like, whoa, 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 rise, rise. We see what you did. It was all good with Ray healing the, the giant snake and everything and then healing Ben and all that, you know, all that stuff. That was all great. And we've also seen the, the child in the Mandalorian also doing the healing stuff. But, you know, you can't pull the wall over the, the classic, the OT guys, their, their eyes, you know. So anyways, what do you reckon to this? Because... There's a lot of different opinions on this one. A lot of people are saying that Obi-Wan didn't didn't heal him. He just sort of gave his temples a little push, got his blood flowing, and there's, there's he good. Or he's checking his temperature or something. I don't know. What do you reckon to this one? I think it's like, uh, how the hell did we miss it? Because we could have we could have just argued this point forever and been like, no, 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 Obi-Wan definitely did that. I don't know how you and I didn't frigging see this. Because mm-hmm. I reckon since Rise of Skywalker, we've both watched A New Hope at least twice in the six months. And you're like, how the hell did I miss that? Hello there, my little friend. You know what I mean? How did we, get, how did we miss that? Old fucking dodgy Obi-Wan. Yeah. Doing his thing. Doing the force hill. But at the same time, yeah, it's like, you're going to get everyone going, yeah, just, just got the blood flowing in the old temples like Obi-Wan's a doctor. But then he was a general, so he probably had a little bit of first aid training. His first aid qual- qualified. So... <laughs> for the cv so it's like it's just blatantly like it's another thing from the ot that lucas did not plan it's like we're gonna do uh in about 30 <laughs> 40 50 years we're gonna do a uh this is gonna be for ceiling who directed he, star wars dude who came up with it he was a guy from new york yeah guy that knew george lucas george lucas walken you doing christopher walken so <laughs> and star um, wars yo <laughs> <laughs> That was. We got this. <laughs> we gotta no. get the droids over here. <laughs> get and I gotta droids. get the boy, the Skywalker boy. He's got. You gotta. We need him over there. I don't care about the sand. <laughs> oh God, walking. Oh man, I'm walking here. I'm walking. Can you believe here. he did that Fat Boy Slim video? Can we just talk about that for one sec? Weapon, was it Weapon of Choice, was it? Yeah. yeah. What a cool song, and what a coup to get Christopher Walken walking all over. Yeah, what a badass. Sweet, man. Anyway, yeah. this is just blatantly a retcon that we could just be like, yes, yes. And then you know <laughs> someone somewhere, like, it will become canon if some book or some TV show that may or may not be filmed at the moment, uh, which features a certain Obi-Wan-style character played by one Ewan McGregor, if they just decide to do a throwaway, like you know, meditation with Qui-Gon or him just bringing someone else and doing this thing where it's like, I'll bring you back to life or I'll heal you a little bit with, like he's up to them how they rick on it. It blatantly wasn't planned like that, but you could easily see how it could be argued that is force healing. And I'm fine with that. That's all good, isn't it? It's one of the, that's why Star Wars has most of the cool stuff that it has because someone goes, see that cool little thing there, that ice cream maker? No, that's not an ice cream maker, mate. Let's do more with it. So that's how Star Wars grows, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, you just pick apart every scene and adapt it to your own, to what's going on. Yeah. Pretty much. Luke, though, the jundling wastes, man, they're not to be travelled lightly. But what does he do? Just bounds around like he owns the place. You're not a Jedi yet. Doesn't even know about the Jedi yet. They'll be back in greater numbers. 
Some people will be back in greater numbers. Will they? Will they all be one? Are you sure about that? Because they've just been beaten by an old guy. Exactly. They're not telling anyone about this. They've just been scared <laughs> off by you, mate. Yeah, doing oh. a, a crate dragon impression. What version are you doing today, Obi? What version of the crate are you doing today? Special edition? <laughs> no? OT, whatever. McClonky. McClonky. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luke. Anyways, there we go. They, they, they kind of wreck on this a little bit. and so they, Imagine if Obi was played by Christopher Walken. <laughs> God. Your father, well, yeah. he was a fine star pilot. <laughs> One of the greatest in the galaxy, yeah. As good as me, I fought with him <laughs> I fought in with the him. Clone Wars. <laughs> I only oh, think of uh, walking from uh, as Max Shrek, you know, from Batman. Classic, yeah. Yeah. We don't see enough walking these days. Nah. They should cast him in the Mandalorian. Walking the way to the bank, you know. They've cast everyone else in the Mandalorian, so why not walk him? According <laughs> I'm to reports, here. I'm walking here. We should do like a little series of the best characters that Christopher Walken could have played. I gotta go to the Tashi Station get some power converters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, he would have been. Oh, come on, come on, Emperor oh. dude, Emperor Walken. <laughs> Strike me down. Now. And look. Take your weapon. Lightsaber. Strike me down. That would have been genius. And all the prequels would have just been Christopher Walken memes. Unlimited power. <laughs> oh, can you imagine that? Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Anakin. With it. Eric, this is yeah. Hey, I watch your career <laughs> with great interest. Oh man, our US friends, our New York listeners, are going to be like, "That is it." I was on the line. Should I keep listening? Should I not? I was on the line, but now I'm out of it. They'll probably stick a fiver in on Patreon just if we do more walking impressions. Yeah, maybe that should be a tier in itself. Yeah, the walking. more walking impression, exclusive Christopher walking impressions. Imagine if it had just played Chewy. All those noises in a New York accent. Walking. Walking here. Uh, I was going to cover a story about Hasbro um, releasing the the figures for Rebels, but we spoke about that. Hasbro Sorry. have announced that they're going to release some figures. Actually, I saw the the uh, the the box art for the new launch of the Black Series figures looks freaking sweet. Like oh, yeah, on the, they redesigned yeah. the art, didn't they? The mm. boxes. Yeah, they've put them in sort of colour-coded from whatever mm -hmm. show or series or era they come from. So they've got um, the Rebels stuff. They've got video game stuff now on its own and stuff. It looks really, really nice. Uh, but yeah, so the, the Rebels are coming. Sabine, uh, Ahsoka and Ezra are coming, along with um, like loads of other things. But anyway... Those dudes. And like you said earlier, it's quite, um, it's not a coincidence that they're pushing some rebel stuff at the minute. So we might see uh, some other bits. So last bit of news we have got is the Justice League Supercut, the Snyder Cut, Super Duper, four hour long, whatever it is, Jobby, that's going to be coming. I think it's next year, isn't it? HBO Projects, which I was really surprised at, dude. I was so surprised because... I always thought that DC would stand firm and be like, nope, the version that we put out, the theatrical version, that's like what we wanted to do. That's what we put out for a reason, all that stuff. And then everyone was like, ah, Zach's got this awesome edition, rocking and rolling around. It's got like a rough cut. And I, I know, I think that for so long they said, no, 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 I'll never see the light of day. It's uh, what you see out in the cinema and what you've got on Blu-ray and whatever. That's the version of Justice League. Anyway, uh, just out of the blue, they were like, actually... Everything that I told you, we no longer believe. Uh, we've now got uh, Zach working on this uh, proper cut because I think he just had a bunch of rough footage and uh, animatics and stuff. But now he's, I think they're going to plough some money into it and he's going to do some reshoots and do some, some visual effects stuff, which is awesome. But now, obviously, because they're doing that, 
Star Wars fans have now jumped on the bandwagon. Like, actually, if they if they're getting their cut, we want our cut. So there's been a petition that's been set up where fans have said, for Revenge of the Sith, we know that the original cut that George Lucas was messing around with before he went to cinema was around four hours. He did do a big old uh, extensive um, version, which you obviously didn't see. But now they're saying that, hold on, if that's knocking around, we want to see it because the DC guys have got theirs. We want ours. So anyway, they put on, I think, I'm not sure if it was uh, whatever petition site it was, but they said, hello there. They stole their, they stole our intro, by the way. Oh. Yeah, their opening quip starts with, hello there. It says the original Star Wars Revenge of the Sith cut was over four hours long, and we think George Lucas should do the right thing and give the fans what we deserve and what is rightfully ours. Oh, there we go. It's on change.org. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, it says, we love democracy, and we hope he does too. By signing this, you are letting your voices be heard. Dude, what a load of BS this is, man. Come on. It's a bit passive-aggressive, isn't it? Like, like do the right thing. We are rightfully <laughs> owed it. Shut up, plonkers. And, and don't get me wrong, man. Like, I want to see this four-hour Revenge of the Sith cut as much as anyone. Um, I really do, but that's crap language. It is, isn't like, it? That's written yeah. by someone that's just like, well, we've plowed over £100 into cinema tickets over the last 30 years. We deserve, <laughs> like, shut up. Like, you'd be best off just saying, it'd be really freaking cool. Why don't we just do it? Because it'd be really freaking cool. Like, I reckon other Disney and everyone else are more likely to do it based on that than, like, trying to passive-aggressively leverage people's um, decision-making. So, you know, outside of that BS... Um, this is really fascinating. So like in any other age, I would have said, nah, no chance. But DC have done two things over the last 10, 15 years that have really interested me with this one. First up, Snyder Cut. I was actually a big fan of what Snyder was creating. There was a little bit off with it. You know, there were a few things wrong with it, but as a long time, as you know, long time deep DC fan, he had some very seriously on point characterizations of the characters. Like his Batman, Oh, they don't kill. Batman doesn't kill. What? Of course he does. <laughs> he just won't break someone's neck himself, but he doesn't mind shooting from his bat wing. And the same around Superman. He doesn't kill. Yes, he does. Because you don't, you, you know, it's like you and me. You don't realize you don't like coconut until you've eaten coconut. You know, you got to do something <laughs> to realize you're not going to do it again. So it's... <laughs> Like it's it's the whole like it was a great storyline. There were some really interesting things come out of this. Now I won't spend too much time on this, but there were some really interesting things that Snyder was doing around Martian Manhunter. Swanick was going to be Manhunter. The Green Lanterns were going to play a part, and then there was a theory flying around now that the Flashpoint, the Flash movie, the Flashpoint movie, it was it was a theory recently that I saw that Zack Snyder always intended on doing like a five or six film series and then destroying his universe so that DC could carry on, and. Right. Flashpoint was going to be that thing where they tried to fix it and it just got destroyed and Affleck was out and Cavill was out and it was new characters. So it's really interesting idea. Um, so that's the first thing is that the Snyder Cut has happened because of a petition and because of so much fan service. Then the other thing that they did was about 15 years ago on the Superman re-releases, they did a big tin box set you know, one of the big hard box sets that they're doing, a big kind of steel cover tin. Um, and on there was the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2. So Donner left, Richard Lester came in in order to get director credits. He had to leave, he had to reshoot enough. I think it was like 80% of the film had to be him or vice versa, like 20% had to be him for him to get director credit. So he reshot it and the cinematic Superman 2 is what we got, which is still a great film, but the Donner cut was actually quite fascinating. And they released that on DVD, even without reshoots, even without finishing effects. Like there are some scenes in that, and one in particular, Superman and Lois are plowing through a, a bit of a water um, kind of lake section in the Arctic. There are no effects on it. Like there are no effects on it. So you kind of put those two together. Plus the idea that the Green Mile, three and a half hour, four hour film, started life as a miniseries, uh, a one hour, you know, pop. Um, and, a, and a few other kind of little things like that. And you put them all together. In any other age, I don't think this would be possible. However, there's like a 5% chance that this might see the light of day. The reasons that it won't are if it contradicts canon. The Clone Wars has finished. 
if Anakin says something in Revenge of the Sith, extended cut, that screws canon, they ain't doing it. But you made a great point earlier, mate, which was <clears throat> Disney Plus is light on content. And the Snyder Cut is coming to HBO Max, in which is a very expensive $14.99 per month subscription service competing with Netflix and Disney Plus. It's coming next year when the initial push of HBO Max will be theoretically dwindling a little bit. They've got the Friends reunion to do and a few other big things to do. At that point, 18 months in, you've got to start getting a bit creative. That's when the Snyder Cut's going to land. Disney's got opportunity here to do it for the geeks. I don't think they will, but there's like a, in my view, there's like a 5% chance that this could happen. But it ain't going to happen because it's rightfully ours. <laughs> yeah, I can't see this happening, mate. I really can't see it. Split minute. Yeah, because uh, with the with the Justice League, I think that the the want to do the Snyder Cut is because the film was so bad, <laughs> you know. And it wasn't. That's not. That's not me personally. That's just a global opinion. It was just a really poor film. So when you have the majority of fandom saying this is really bad, you could you know, we feel there's a better version out there. And great. The thing with with Sith is that although the prequels weren't looked upon that fondly when they were first released, over the years they've grown massively in appreciation and stuff. And Revenge of the Sith is a really good film. So I, if it was like one of the worst films in the saga, then you could understand all the fans being like, you know, we want the version that's potentially better. But it's not. It's a, it's a really good film already. Uh, and also, George Lucas is like very, very... I know he's not, you know, sitting in the chair anymore, but he's very, very protective around the vision that you see versus what fans want to see. And the thing is, Star Wars doesn't belong to fans. Star Wars doesn't belong to fans at all. And it, it, it really irks me when I see petitions and, and, and fans talking that way, where it's like Lucasfilm needs to do the right thing and give us, the fans, what is rightfully ours. The fans don't own... You know, we don't we don't own anything to do with Star Wars. Star Wars is, um, you know, a lot of people forget these are independently made films. These are not part of the big Hollywood, you know, cog system. These are things that have been made out of love for the story, and we as fans consume that, and that's it. Um, so yeah, I, I think the language used in this petition is a bit is a little bit like. And if I was at, working at Lucasfilm and I was in charge or had a say in these type of things. And I saw this petition. If the language was different, I'd be like, okay, well, let's at least have a look. You know, let's at least look at the possibility. Like you said, mate, with uh, HBO Max doing that stuff coming up, we have got a, an opportunity potentially to do this. And like, you're not the only ones with like a real cool, super long cut. But when you read that language, you're like, uh, I don't really want to look into it now because I, I don't know. I, I just can't see, I can't see them doing it, dude like the definitive version of Star Wars, the, the whole Skywalker saga, they went through such crap post-Rise of Skywalker. Why would you open up the door again? Like you said, all, all it takes is Anakin to say one thing and it just blows everything that they've built on since then, just blows it out of the water. And then you have to go back and re-retcon everything else and change everything else. And then we're going to have a whole other slew of books that explain you know what he said in you know unless they caveat with this extended cut is like isolated on its own thing and has no bearing at all so you know the hours of dialogue between these characters that will absolutely affect what happens in the rest of the saga doesn't mean anything it's just a it's just a cut that we that you guys want so i can't see it man not at all I think it's so slim, man. And, and I do think the only potential saving grace is that that Disney Plus, you know, you, if Disney Plus's numbers start to flatter a little bit and Star Wars is really kind of struggling a little bit, it's the short-term boost that could that could help it. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it's mega, mega slim, if at all. Um, like I said, I reckon there's like a 5% chance just because of some pen pusher that thinks we can make the numbers work if this happens. And like you said, you know, you alluded to it there, that, you know, if if they do this, the next one is Rise of Skywalker and Last Jedi. And then it's an absolute can of worms. So thinking about it through that lens, yeah, I think it's, it, yeah, that's not going to happen actually when you think about it like that. Yeah. And the, the, the some of the box sets are not cheap for Star Wars. So what do you expect mm -hmm. fans to do? Shell out all that money for the 
the Saga Blu-ray on the 4K set. And then a year later, actually, you need to buy this one as well. And because this yeah. one's done all right, like you said, we've now going to do the extended cut for all the other ones. So you have to buy them as well. And then we're going to do a box set for the extended cuts. You know, it's just it's just a, a never-ending um, trail of just, you know, cannon exploding stuff. So I can't see it, man. But fair play. If you want to jump on there and put your signature on, then then fair play, I guess. It's one of those, isn't it? Like, and they've launched it at a crazy time. Like, there are much bigger things to put your signature on oh, today. Of course, yeah. Bloody hell. You know what I mean? They've launched that at a really weird time. Um, if I was going to launch a petition like that, it'd be the, the day that the um, the day that the earnings reports show that Disney Plus is struggling. That's the day to launch it. It's all about timing. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly that. Well, I think we're going to do there, dude. For episode fifty-nine. been uh it's been cracking back in the falcon with you dude i know the the small weekly solo shows are, are nice for us to personally dig into stuff but doesn't compare to uh, seeing seeing your face once a week nothing compares <laughs> to guys that one yeah that one that's exactly what Just i thought position records juxtaposition new ceo oh, get the band back together new ceo christopher walken Juxtaposition. <laughs> Good oh, lord. Oh, well, this has been fun, dude. Glad you're back. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday. What a happy weekend. What a happy, indeed. It's a happy weekend all round. Thank you very much, buddy. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, next week uh, for episode 60, uh, we're going to be cracking through. Uh, we've already got a bunch of news in the planet already, so it's going to be another uh, news heavy week. But um, I'm feeling like we do need to, to do a, another random spotlight i miss it i miss yeah, it me too yeah we need to probably revamp like we're a year in we probably need a little bit of a restructure like maybe cap the news a little bit yeah yeah that's it's just a cool one isn't it because there's that much stuff going on exactly yeah let's just bring in the, the big headlines and uh we'll do some more random spotlight because that's cool so we'll be looking to do that stuff i think uh from next week um in the meantime though remember to check out all the other shows from Spark of Rebellion, just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. It will take you off to whatever podcast app that you listen on. Uh, you can listen to all the shows there. Plus, give us a sub. We'd love to have you as a sub so you don't miss a show and it lands every Saturday. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just do a search for Spark of Rebellion. You'll find us on there. Come and join the community over there. And if you want to support the show, if you like what we do, head over to our Patreon page over at patreon.com forward slash Rebellion. You can jump on from a dollar upwards. And uh, thank you so much to our current patrons too. Very much appreciated your ongoing support. We love you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Until next week, dude. It's been fun. Always a pleasure, sir. Enjoy the rest of your beautiful anniversary. And uh, just just, just have fun, dude. You know, it's been a weird couple of weeks, lockdown-wise, couple of months. Just have, have a bit of fun, man. Have a bit of fun, always. To all of our listeners, thank you again. Uh, take care of yourselves. Continue to stay healthy. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. And may the force be with you always. Hey, may the force be with you always.